Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Hello and welcome to Maximize Your Influence. This is podcast number 176. Welcome, glad that you are here. This is Kurt Mortensen and of course Steve Olson is still stuck on sabbatical, lost in the jungles of Africa. Anyway, who knows where he's at, what he's doing, but we wish him luck. He will soon be back as his honorary self, if we could put it to you that way. So thanks for being here. Make sure you refer all your friends. We always appreciate that. You can look at our podcast at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And, of course, find us on Facebook at Maximize Your Influence and at Pinterest at Maximize Your Influence. Now, I mentioned to tell your friends about the podcast, and I want you to do that, but you probably have fewer friends based on the latest studies. I was listening to the radio, and Reuters did a study that 13% have lost friends based on this election. Isn't that amazing? We're so polarized. We can't talk. We can't communicate anymore. And it's something that's very interesting that we just kind of have this polarization happening in the United States. That 13% of friends won't talk to each other anymore just based on the election. I thought that was really fascinating. Kind of shallow, but a little fascinating that people couldn't communicate their differences. But the point I want to make, now I want to get into politics today is that you've got to be very careful in the influence process. Now, you should be able to talk about politics and religion and sports with your friends, but when you get into an influence situation and you bring up politics or you bring up sports or you bring up religion, you got to be very careful because people are very polarized on those topics. And when you go down the wrong path, even though you believe it, they could go down another path, and it decreases the rapport and the connectivity you have with your prospect. So be very careful of that. This has become a huge issue. In fact, an unnamed company that I outsource my two, three-day trainings for, and I do trainings for them too every once in a while, they just sent out a memo that trainers are not allowed to talk about politics in their trainings, especially in the world of influence. It's all politics. There's some great examples there. It's been banned because it's caused too much turmoil anger and people just aren't communicating so it's just something interesting to think about now on the flip side if you know where they stand on religion or politics or you know who their favorite sports team is that's a little bit different you can talk about it actually increases that trust and that connection now we understand religion and politics people are polarized with that but even sports their sports team has lost a game if they got beat up they didn't win the super bowl whatever it is you got to be very careful you're like, well, Kurt, that shouldn't be an issue. I know, but it is. I know when I lived in Pittsburgh. I lived in Pittsburgh for a while, and they did studies. When the Steelers lost, that affected mindset. It affected work productivity. It matters. You think, well, it shouldn't. I know, but it does. So be very careful as you talk about things with your prospects, especially if you don't know where they stand, and you don't want to go down the wrong path because it could really disconnect you. I know it shouldn't. I know you shouldn't have lost 13% of your friends if you have, but it happens where people aren't able to communicate. They're not able to accept differences. And both sides are guilty here. I'm not pointing fingers to any side. This is everybody needs to really understand how to deal with this and work through this. 
So I'm going to switch things up a little bit, get into some content, and do what we call a blinja. Now, if you've been listening to the show, you know that's a combination of a blunder and a ninja. We like to feature those every week, but this is a blinja, a combination of both. So for those of us in the United States, at least, it's wintertime, it's cold, and one of the things I do for therapy is I like to go to the boat show. And if you know me very well, you know that cars don't do much for me, but boats, we can talk about boats. We call it lake therapy in our family, wakeboarding, wake surfing, wake skating, all those fun things you can do behind a boat. So every year I take my son and we go to the boat show. Who doesn't love a boat show in the middle of winter? So I took a look around and tried to see how people approach you. It's interesting when you do this type of a show, and I've done these type before where you have to sit there for three days, smile, pretend you like people, and you do like people, but after a while you're done with people. I mean, this is hard to do, and I was looking at the approaches that people had, and some were just true blunders, lame, heard them before, go away, and of course a knee-jerk reaction is just looking, I don't need any help, go away. In a nice way, obviously. So I just noticed, here are the blunders, and Homer go, don't, 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 just lame questions, and are you doing this? And part of the definition of a lame question, have they heard this before? Have they built up ammunition to this phrase before? And I heard things like, what do I have to do to get you in a boat today? I'm like, really? You know nothing about me. We hear this with car salesmen, too. It just has never really worked. It might have worked once or twice, and that's why they keep doing it. Do you have any questions? Well, no, I've already heard that 72 times. No, I don't have any questions, and leave me alone. Do you like boats, I heard. I'm like, really? No, I come to the boat show because I hate boats. <laughs> okay. How are you today? Okay. Now, we know every telemarketer in the world and other people. How are you doing today? It used to work, but no, not anymore. Just lame questions that, A, we've heard before. B, don't get us down to why we are there. And C, they don't know where to go next unless the prospect is really interested. So just lame. Now on the flip side, we had the ninja. Ninja go. So there weren't that many of those, but a few people you could tell they were influential, they were sharp. For example, one of the questions I heard is, what is the most important thing you are looking for in a boat? Wow, what a great question. You should be able to use that one. What's the most important thing about? Get them talking. It's not something they're used to hearing. And some people say, well, nothing. Then you know they're not interested, they don't care. But if that person says, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is the most important thing. Now you know where to go. This one sale person says, hey, do you want to see the latest innovation of boat navigation? I well, yeah. I mean, I'm interested. That's why I'm there. So he showed me this boat. It's actually quite intriguing and interesting to where they've built it to where you can go reverse in a boat and steer. Anybody who's driven a boat know when you go backwards, there's really not much you can do, but they've engineered it to where you can steer going backwards, which is great when you're docking and doing some other things. And the last one I heard, which was really intriguing, was what type of boat do you have now? What do you like about it? What are the best features? Do you think you would change? Wow, gold! So if you're talking to a prospect, did you know they have something similar, they're upgrading, or you want to fish for more information, that's a great question. What do you have now? What are you using now? What do you like about it? What would you change? Those are the things that make a big difference. As we know, great persuaders ask three times more questions, but they can't be the lame questions. So the boat show is the blinja, and here's our blinja sound. Don't, don't, don't! whether you like that or not. Those are the combined sounds of the Blinja. Don't look it up in the dictionary because it's not there. And of course, we always have to feature the article, the scientific article, the geeky article, as Steve calls it. So we have to hear the Urkel sound. 
Urkel, go! <laughs> so if you've already read Personality Individual Differences this month, you already know what I'm going to be talking about. If not, listen. They found a link between gratitude and trust. And we've talked about trust in the show quite a bit because it's so important. No trust, no influence. I mean, that's a foundational element of influence. And trust is an all-time low. So Todd Kazdan did the study and Sandeep Gutam did a little analysis of the study. And they took a, a look at a few of these things. That gratitude, really, when you're grateful and you show gratitude, it increases trust. And uh, I could see that on an esteem level. When you show gratitude, it boosts esteem. And, of course, when you boost someone's self-esteem, it does open the door to influence and trust. It's kind of a starting point. But some of the things that they found is that when the person was shown gratitude, that trust increased to the point where they gave more money to a stranger. Isn't that interesting? They also found when gratitude was introduced, there was a reciprocation of trust. And I'm not going to get to the nitty-gritty of the article. I just want to paint a big picture here, but that's interesting. Showing gratitude, being appreciative, treating them like an important person, showing respect, all basic people skills are things that are important in influence. Because when you connect with somebody, gratitude, people skills, boosting their esteem, increases your ability to get trust. Now, that's important. A lot of people don't think about that or it shouldn't be important. Now, obviously, you need to be sincere with your gratitude. Obviously, you need to do it in a way where it doesn't seem like you're ingratiating, which is the scientific term for a brown nosing, of course. But that's an interesting thing to take away here is that gratitude's important. Helping people feel important opens the doors to influence. So that is the latest finding, just kind of a brief overview of that article. But it makes a big difference, showing gratitude, especially with the people that are close to you that you work closely with, and never assume that they know that you're grateful. Put it out there. Show a little praise. It makes a big difference in the world of influence. Now let's continue on with some content for today and talk a little bit about the boat show and how people approach you and how do you approach people and what do you say that's lame or maybe good. Some people call it the elevator speech. I call it your VBC or your verbal business card. Your goal when somebody says, what do you do for a living, is to get you to say, tell me more. How do you do that? Don't say, oh, I'm in real estate. Oh, okay. I'm an internet marketer. Okay. I'm in network marketing. Okay. That doesn't get you anywhere. They are opening the door for you to influence them when they say, what do you do for a living? Your goal is to get them to tell you more. And let me give you some ways to do that. And as you create this verbal business card, you want to grab their attention. You want to surprise them a little bit. It shouldn't be longer than 20, 30 seconds at the most. And make it a little outrageous, memorable. What's in it for them? How does it affect them? How do you get them to say, tell me more? How do you do that? That's interesting. Why do you say that? Those type of things can be very beneficial. For example, if someone came up to me and said, hey, Kurt, what do you do for a living? I wouldn't say, I study influence, I trade on influence, I write books on influence. Okay, that's not really pretty good. Well, what if I said something like, hey, have you ever had a prospect or a customer that wanted your product, needed your product, could afford your product, but didn't buy from you? Hey, I guarantee that'll never happen again. <laughs> now, they say, oh, that's nice. They're not my target market. We don't need to talk anymore. But they say, well, wow, I influence for a living. How do you do that? And here's the key. I wouldn't answer it. I says, well, what do you do for a living? Tell me about that. Then I would answer it so I could answer it specifically to what they do. Or, hey, Kurt, what do you do for a living? Well, I help entrepreneurs make an extra $2,000 a week. And then just shut up. And they say, well, how do you do that? I say, well, what do you do for a living? And bring it up and get more information. Or if you're on the Internet, hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I 
I work with the internet. I'm an internet marketer. You can say something. I help create millionaires using the internet. And then just, just let it go. Get If they don't ask any more information, they're not interested. But there's always a percent that's going to say, hey, how do you do that? How do you do that? Again, don't respond until you ask another question that you find out exactly what they do. Or if you are a financial planner, hey, what do you do for a living? I'm a financial planner. Well, there's breaks. There's no more information. Or you say, have you ever wanted to achieve financial independence? Wonder what's taking so long? I show people how easy it is. Because you want to get them to respond, well, how do you do that? Tell me exactly what to do. Get your goals, you have to, to ask you, how do you do that? Or tell me more. Why do you say that? Build intrigue. Get them to ask you more. That is your goal of your verbal business card. If you were in real estate, hey, what do you do for a living? I'm a real estate broker. I'm a real estate agent. No. What if you said something like, you ever looked at a house, you found it was your dream house, it was exciting to you, but you didn't think you could afford it or get into it? I make those dreams a reality. And depending what you do, maybe your response could be, hey, have you ever felt like you weren't making a difference in the world? You ever felt you had a dead-end job? You ever felt you didn't have any energy, you couldn't sleep, you were grumpy all the time? Right? Fill in the blank. Get them thinking. That's the key. Get them to ask you, well, tell me more. How do you do that? Have you ever felt the threat of downsizing? You weren't earning what you were worth. You wanted to work at home, spend more time with your children, travel more, achieve true financial independence. Okay? That could be very beneficial. A couple other things to think about as you look at your verbal business card is keep testing it. Keep testing it. Keep testing it. And this is also something you could use in an email to get that interest, that intrigue, or even on a voicemail. Or maybe your business card. It's interesting that a lot of people on their business cards, it's very basic, it's very drab. It, it doesn't get you excited about what they do. You have the back side of a business card where you could put a statement and a place for them to get a solution. That's something to think about too. And think about the words you use. I always spend time talking about verbal packaging and the words you use. Because every word you use can attract or repel people. I mean, you can use words that attract like benefit, new, results, money, free, proven, easy, now, guarantee. But you don't want to use what's called the weasel words. I don't know if you've heard that term before, but a weasel is an animal that sneaks into a chicken coop finds an egg and it sucks everything out of the egg and leaves this empty hollow egg for someone to find and realize there's nothing in it. And that's what a weasel word is, is empty and hollow. When you say things like, well, it helps, it might, it may, well, possibly, well, up to 50% or almost 50%, be very careful with those weasel words. They could really hold you back. So think about the words you use in your verbal business card and create it in such a way where people say, I want to know more. Tell me more. So let me illustrate how powerful word choice is. I mean, this is critical to your success. So these college students were going to go watch this lecturer. They've never met this person before. And there was a bio. And half the bio said, this person is cold, industrious, practical, and determined. And the other half of the bio said, this person is warm, industrious, practical, and determined. Now you realize they are exactly the same, except the first word on one is cold and the other one is warm. And that one word dramatically changed the evaluations of this presenter. Those expectations, that word choice, the association triggers. Be very careful and use the right words to trigger the right responses with your verbal business card. Now some of you are like, well, that wouldn't work on me. Now it depends on your personality. 
you have an amiable, outgoing personality, building the vision, building the dream, that works very well. And if you're an analytical person, you would probably respond to something different. And that's important for you to realize that, all right, do you think they're analytical? Do you think they're amiable? If they're an analytical person, I might say something like, hey, I work with entrepreneurs who face the difficulties with lead generations. I show them how to get a $20 return for every dollar they invest. Right, that's more of an analytical statement. So you can adapt to different personalities, different styles. You don't just have to have one type of verbal business card. I hope you caught that. With outgoing people, build the vision, build the dream. Have you ever thought, imagine, can you visualize, paint that picture for them so they can see it, taste it, touch it, and feel it. Now, if you're dealing with a diehard analytical, you want percents or statistics, numbers that pop at them. How do you increase that 17%? A 50% reduction in that type of verbiage will be very helpful to you as you create this compelling, intriguing, inspiring, interesting verbal business card. Use these, understand these, make it outrageous, find the benefits, and adapt it to them. It makes all the difference in the world. So keep testing it out, your verbal business card. Remember, your goal is to get them to say, Tell me more, how do you do that? and keep asking them questions, and then you can adapt it to them. Get them intrigued. Change it up, practice with other people. This will make a big difference for you, your verbal business card. I really want you to understand exactly how this works. If you can build interest, you can build intrigue, help them understand exactly what you do, build their hot button, crank up their inspiration, crank up their desperation, whatever you can do will make a big difference. So think about your verbal business card this week. How can you apply it? How can you use it? How can you adapt it? How can you change it up? Don't just tell them what your career is. Get in there. Your goal, tell me more. Or say, well, how do you do that? Then you can ask them a few more questions and adapt it to them. It makes a big difference in your success. So think about that. Use that at influence. Get the door open. Don't use the lame responses of the past. Get into their brain and find out exactly what they're looking for. And don't be offended if people don't ask you, tell me more. They weren't interested anyway. You didn't waste your time. But the percent that does say, tell me more, they're interested. They're intrigued. They want to know more. They are your type of prospect. That is a key factor to your success. So work on that skill. It's proven. It works. It makes a big difference. And really appreciate you listening. I appreciate all the feedback. And of course, Take a look at InfluenceUniversity.com. That's where I supply the advanced influence programs, your PhD in influence. And I tell you what, there are hundreds of videos, hundreds of audios and things, but I've structured it in a way just a little bit every week. They'll do tool every week so you can learn all 100 tools. If you want to take a look at the free access, which has the influence tools and the podcast archives, Go to HealThePain.com, the pain of not making money. HealThePain.com, that's where we put our weekly specials here on the podcast. Take a look at the free course. Take a look at the other courses that are there for you. Now, there are three levels of membership on Influence University. The free one was the one you have access to the archives. So if you want to know more on verbal packaging that we talked about today, go back to episode 38. Get access to that one. Talk more about charisma, verbal packaging, and how you say different things. That'll make a huge difference in your ability to persuade and influence. Get in there, learn the influence skills, use your verbal business card today, and go out and persuade with power.